Today is the first Sunday of Advent, and our Advent worship series is entitled Christmas Present. And I'm playing on three different meanings of the title. Present refers to the gifts we give and receive. Present also refers to the here and now. And present can also mean to be fully engaged in the moment. And we're going to consider all three of those meanings as we explore how do we as Christian believers celebrate Christ's coming in a secular society. Next week, we're going to talk about the gifts we give to ourselves. And the following week, what do you give to the God who has everything? But today we're talking about 28 days of gifts to others. Our scripture lesson is extremely familiar. One verse... John 3, 16. As you're able, I invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. Would you please be seated? This is a true story. The names have been changed to protect the clueless. Let me be extremely clear, this is not a disguised personal narrative about my life. I may be dumb, I am not this dumb. Once upon a time, there was a young couple who met, dated, became engaged, and then got married. The months rolled by, the holidays approached their first Christmas together as a married couple. And the young husband knew the pressure was on. He had to get just the right present for his young bride. The big day finally dawned. The extended family gathered around the Christmas tree. Oohs and ahs sounded as each gift was unwrapped. And then the moment came for the young bride to unwrap her very first gift as a married couple from her husband. And she tore open the paper and opened the box. And in front of her parents and in-laws and the rest of the family, she pulled out a thigh master exercise machine. And a sudden silence fell on the room. The only sound was a sudden intake of breath from every woman present. And the more experienced husbands began to look for the nearest exit. <laughs> the young man realized he had done something wrong. He just wasn't quite sure what yet. And so he began to explain why he thought it was the perfect gift. He said, I know you love to go to the gym and to work out, and you've been really busy lately, so I thought I'd get this for you, and you could exercise while you were home. And he talked faster and faster and finally realized the magnitude of his sin. I will spare you the messy aftermath of the great thigh master disaster. Suffice it to say, it was a very cold Christmas. They eventually got over it. Decades later, they're still happily married, and at least one of them can laugh about the experience. I'm here to tell you this morning there are 28 shopping days left until the big day. 
So let me be one of those who asks a question that is extremely popular during this season. Are you ready for Christmas yet? And the vast majority of us would say, no. I realize there are a few of you who did all your shopping back in July. You've wrapped the gifts, put them under the tree, seriously get help. For the rest of us, we're making our list. We're checking it twice. Naughty, nice, that really doesn't matter. We just need to buy something for everyone on our list, and I can't rest until I've checked that last name and that last item off my list. Part of the problem is we don't know what to give each other. Even the people we know the best, we stand in a mall looking around, dazed, or going on the line, online trying to find something. I think in part that explains the popularity of gift cards. Experts say this year Americans will spend 30 billion, that's billion with a B, dollars on gift cards. Which is a really interesting phenomenon if you think about it for a moment. Cash seems, I don't know why, but it seems tacky to give to somebody. So we take cash that can be spent anywhere, anytime, and we buy a plastic card that can be used at only one store, and we say Merry Christmas. Other times we give wildly inappropriate gifts. Have you ever had the experience of opening something on Christmas morning and you want to go, have we met? Do you know me? And instead, we just smile and say, well, how nice. It's like the holiday cartoon I saw about the wife saying to her husband, oh, thank you so much. You got me just what I needed to exchange for just what I want. One of my favorite movies of the season is A Christmas Story that features Ralphie, a nine-year-old who only wants for Christmas a Red Ryder BB gun. And on Christmas morning, he gets almost everything else including a radically inappropriate gift from his ditzy Aunt Clara. Ralphie, we're waiting. Oh, come on, Mom. Right now. Immediately, my feet began to sweat as those two fluffy little bunnies with the blue button eyes stared sappily up at me. Come down here so I can see you better. I just hoped that Flick would never spot him, as the word of this humiliation could easily make life at Warren G. Harding School a veritable hell. Oh, isn't that cute? That is the most precious thing I've ever seen in my life. He <laughs> <laughs> looks like a deranged Easter bunny. He does not. He does, too. He looks like a pink nightmare. Are you happy wearing that? Do you want to take it off? Well, get tell the kid to take it off. All right, you'll only wear it when Aunt Clara visits. Go on and take it off. Take it off! <laughs> it reminded me of an incident from my childhood. Uh, my grandmother was a wonderful woman. She just didn't know what to give a little boy for Christmas, which always surprised me. She raised my dad. But for my 10th Christmas, she gave me a coat. That's what every 10-year-old boy wants, right? A coat. But it wasn't just any coat. It was a caramel-colored velour coat with a fur collar and wide fur lapels. 
and fur cuffs and a sash and a double row of buttons running down the front. I don't know what your neighborhood was like growing up. I dared not wear that one outside my house. I would not have been safe. And for all these reasons and more, there are some well-meaning Christians out there that say we ought to do away with present giving altogether. That materialism, sentimentality, consumerism has overtaken the season. We need to return to focusing on the true meaning of the season and do away with presence. And I appreciate their sentiment because the season is about a savior and not a sale, about a manger and not Macy's, about a baby and not a bargain. But I disagree with their primary premise because it turns out our children are right. Christmas is all about presents. It's all about receiving and giving in turn. Part of what I hope for you and your family during this coming weeks that you have the opportunity to read the original Christmas stories in Matthew and in Luke. Today we've heard a non-traditional Christmas story from John where he summarizes the incarnation by saying God so loved the world that God gave God gave his son that you and I mean so much to the Lord God Almighty that he gave the best and the most that he had in order to be in right relationship with each of us. And it's good news of great joy for all people. For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The theological name for it is grace. A gift given that is not earned, not merited, cannot be paid for, but is given to us nonetheless. And the only string attached, the only string tied around it, is that we must accept it for ourselves. That God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes. That's how you receive the gift. By receiving and accepting and allowing the Savior and the Lord to be my Savior and my Lord. Then we give the gift in turn. God sets the example. We emulate our Lord. I've heard biblical scholars and preachers talk about how the Magi, the wise men, set the model for giving gifts when they gave those gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They came to the party late. It was God that gave the gift and so as God has loved us, we're called to love others. As we receive from God, in turn, we give to others what God has given to us. There's a sentiment I often share during December, and it is this. During the holidays, we become more of who we are. And you can take that any way you want. But our vices and our virtues, the bad and the good, get exaggerated. Over the next weeks, the bad... We'll overschedule calendars. We'll become overstressed. We'll do too much of too much. We will buy gifts and allow them to be tokens for ourselves rather than investing time in the very people that we love. We will ignore opportunities for worship and for service and for fellowship because we are too busy. But the good also gets exaggerated. 
that we become more the people God created us to be during the season. We catch a glimmer of light in the darkness of who we might yet be. And we see the best in others, and we find a spirit of giving that encompasses us. I've said before, there is a reason the Salvation Army puts its kettles out in December and not in July. Because we feel the need to give as God has given to us. And so during this Advent season, how will we give? This past Friday marked the official beginning of the holiday season, although I don't know when the holidays begin anymore. Costco started in September. Hello, thank Miss stretches through half of the year. Hobby Lobby is always Christmas. But today is the beginning of the new year in the Christian calendar. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. Advent means arrival or coming, and it is this four-week period when we prepare ourselves, prepare our lives for the celebration of Christ coming into the world. Traditionally, Advent was a penitential time, a time of self-reflection when people repented of sin in anticipation of Christ's Mass. And it can still be a season of preparation and anticipation in each of our lives today. We've got 28 days left until Christmas. Today we are sharing with you a calendar that represents 28 days of gifts, 28 days of giving. I know there are a lot of Christmas and Advent calendars out there. Perhaps you use some with your children or with your grandchildren. But this focuses more on spiritual disciplines as well as Christian service. And it's just a jump start to your imagination. It's by no means exhaustive. You can exchange different dates to do different things, but commit yourself every day to find a way. In preparation and anticipation, giving of yourself to others and to God to prepare for Christ's celebration. Sign up for the Advent devotional or pick up a book as you leave. There are still a handful of ornaments left on our Christmas tree out in the lobby for the Murphy Harps Children's Home. Commit to read and reread Matthew and Luke's traditional story of Christmas, not only yourself, but also with your family. Visit somebody who's institutionalized. Drop a thank you note to somebody who's been extremely meaningful in your spiritual journey. Reach out to someone who in a season that's merry and bright is dealing with darkness and despair because of events in their life, find ways to give of yourself to others. There's a saying I first heard when I was a child in church, and it was this, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now here's a quick pop test on the Bible. Is that in the Bible or is that written by Mark Twain or Benjamin Franklin? Okay, this one actually is in the Bible. It's found in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Paul said, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than receive. The interesting thing is, you can read all four Gospels, you will not find Jesus saying that. Apparently, Paul had access to some material that did not make it into the New Testament. But as I said, I heard that statement when I was a young child in church. It was usually right before the offering. Preachers love that verse to share right at that particular moment. It's more blessed to give than receive. And I remember as a child sitting in the pews thinking, 
That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Every child knows it's a whole lot more blessed to get than to give. But as you grow older, you begin to grasp the truth of that scriptural, spiritual principle. And I've gotten to a point and stage in life where I really don't care what I get for Christmas. Oh, I will appreciate what my loved ones give me on Christmas morning, and I will open the presents with excitement. But I get a lot more joy out of watching others open the gifts that I have selected for them. And especially when you have grandchildren, oh my goodness, to watch the joy in their faces as they open those presents, it makes the season so meaningful and special. It really is more blessed to give than receive. We discover it over and again. It's not just Christmas. How many times have you been involved in some sort of service project, gone on a mission trip, been with one of our emergency response team, done something for the community beyond here, and you left there saying to yourself, I got so much more out of that than I put into it. It is a spiritual principle. The more you give, the more you receive, and it turns out it really is more blessed to give than receive because in the giving, you're receiving. Christmas present means taking what God has given us and unwrapping the gift and then giving it to others in turn to give until it hurts and then give some more until it feels good. At the turn of the previous century, there was an author named William Sidney Porter, whose name you may not recognize, but you may be more familiar with the pen name he went under, which was O. Henry. And he wrote one of the classic short stories of the season that was entitled The Gift of the Magi. In short, there is a young married couple named Jim and Della Young, who are very much in love, and they are also extremely poor barely making it by on Jim's paycheck, living in a small apartment. But each wants to give to the other something for Christmas. Della has this long, luxurious hair. And so she decides to visit a wig shop where she has it cut short, sells it, takes the money, and buys a gold chain for one of Jim's most prized possessions, a pocket watch that belonged to his father's father. Meanwhile, Jim goes to a pawn shop and sells the pocket watch to buy these beautiful tortoise shell combs with jewels that Della can wear in her hair. And when it comes time to exchange the gifts, they each discover that what the other bought has now made the other gifts useless. And yet they appreciate them even more because they speak of their love for one another. There's only 28 days left until Christmas. What are you going to do to prepare for it, to anticipate it, to celebrate it? How will you recognize the gift that God has given to you? And how in turn will you share that gift with others? Through Christmas present, the gifts we give and receive. Through Christmas present of the here and the now. Of Christmas present and being fully engaged in the moment. We love because we've first been loved. We give because we first received. And what we have received is beyond all price. 
In turn, we're called to share that love with others. Let us pray. Almighty God, again and again we discover glimpses of your grace, echoes of your love, rejoicing in your presence, recognizing what you have given to our lives of life, abundant life, everlasting life, forgiveness of sin, fellowship of the church, the opportunity to be your body in this world. And we also learn it is more blessed to give than to receive because what you've given us is valueless, priceless, beyond all measure. And to be able to share your love with others, what an amazing Christmas gift. Abide with your people throughout this Advent as we prepare in anticipation for the celebration of Christ coming into the world. In the name of the babe of Bethlehem, we make our prayer. Amen.